I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends, and and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. She read some Harry Potter fan fiction, and that's not that's not clean stuff. I know what goes on on those websites. Like they'll give somebody like a three piece suit and a pocket watch or something, and you're like, what do you mean? This is his new look. How could that be his new look? You know, someone turns a corner to their cat, and the cat says, "Well, ha!" Like a southern gentleman, and I love that. Hello, and welcome to People You May Know. Today I have on Rachel. Oh my goodness, we had such a friggin' great time recording this episode. But as we mentioned early in the episode, we actually recorded an episode just about five days before, and it got to the three and a half hour mark, and it was just, we couldn't do it. I, we couldn't release that one. We had to make a new one. But that just tells you how well we clicked. We've never... We'd never really talked before then. I just like write little comments on an Instagram post or something like looking cute. That's it. So we had no idea. We had this sort of chemistry, this sort of electricity between us. Now we know and I feel great about it. And I feel even more like, yeah, this is why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to talk to people who are on the periphery of my life. And bring them into the center of my life and make them my one and only. No, I, but getting to know people who I don't know very well is such a fucking joy. Like that is what I miss about dating apps. I think about dating apps all the time. I have thought about asking my husband if I can just go on for fun. Like, please just let me talk to people. But this podcast is like my own little goddamn dating app, but it's really just like, that's what getting to know people is. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird. I'm kind of fucked up. So I was very excited to get to know Rachel. And one thing that happens on the episode is that she invites me to come on her podcast about the Sopranos called Gabagool and Roses. And if you've ever watched The Sopranos, you know that Gabagool is a thing they talk about eating a lot and it'll it'll confuse you the first every time you hear it. You'll think, "What the fuck are they saying?" cuz I know they're not saying Gabagool, but that's what it sounds like. So let me just Gabagoogle this <laughs> and see what they're really saying. But the truth is that is what they're saying. They're absolutely saying Gabagool. It's just that Gabagool, it's just that Gabagool isn't a thing exactly. It's like a slang term or a colloquialism for Capicola. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but some sort of weird little meat that really doesn't look great, but they love it. Or am I going to judge Tony Soprano? Like he doesn't know what good Italian food is. I'm sure he does. I'm sure Gabagool's great. So I love the name of her podcast. The thing is, she said she would contact me about it. Guess what? She hasn't. She's a liar. So just as quickly as we formed this fast friendship, it's disintegrated before my very eyes. 
and it's tragic and I wish there was something I could do to salvage it, but there isn't, there just isn't. So here we are. Now I'm boycotting the Gabagool and Roses podcast. And if you care about me, you will too. But thinking about Sopranos more reminded me of a funny little situation in which I come off like a complete psycho because I am a little bit. I think we all are a little bit, right? We all are a little bit. So I watched this show with my ex-boyfriend. And at one point I was mentioning a scene from the show with the character Ralph. So I'm talking about a scene with Ralph. And my boyfriend goes, oh, Joey Pants. Um immediately became suspicious. This is just, I have this very special paranoid brain that is able to turn just about any statement into deception. He explained this actor is Joe Pantoliano and he's called Joey Pants. So I was like, okay, okay. So let me get this straight. What you're telling me is that the entire time we've been watching Sopranos, you not only knew this actor's name, you knew his nickname and you never mentioned it. And I'm just supposed to think that that's like normal. I have one question for you. Who is she? Okay. Who is she that you have been talking to behind my back? about Sopranos and she let you in on this little secret, this little Hollywood secret that Joe Pantoliano is called Joey Pants. And now you're bringing it to me like this is common knowledge that you have known for ages. No, (laughs) no. Yeah. So I, I can be a little bit crazy. I, I don't even honestly know what my question is like, do I think that means he's cheating? Do I think it means He's pranking me. Our relationship is a lie. Do I think it means the world is a simulation? I don't even know. I don't even know, but I'm mad about it. There was another time with that same boyfriend where he was coming into the bedroom, like dancing around, holding his plate of food. And I would always tell him like, slow down, dude. Okay. But he's like, <laughs> like running in, like, this is silly and funny. And then he tripped and his food flew everywhere and he was devastated. And my thought was not, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry you dropped your food. My thought was, what did he do to deserve this? What have you been doing to me to deserve this to happen to you? I'm going to make your tragedy my tragedy, okay? And yes, dropping your food is a tragedy. I don't want letters. It absolutely is. No question. We're not going to fight about this. So yeah, I can be a little um, a little paranoid and uh, a little jealous. I sometimes write about my jealousy on Twitter because it really cracks me up when it happens. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? That's making you jealous? Okay. <laughs> All right. You should really tell people about this because it is, uh, that's funny. 
So it is true that when my husband showed me that he can write boobs on a calculator, I got jealous. That is true. That is a fact. I'm not proud of it, but that is a fact. I do play it up a little bit. There, the real feelings are there, right? The boobs thing, there's the deep feeling of jealousy. But sometimes I play it up because, like I said, it is kind of funny to me how jealous I can be. So I sometimes pretend that I'm jealous even at times when I'm not. Like we're doing the crossword puzzle together. It's like, hey, what's a nonstick cooking spray? My husband says, Pam, I say, who is she? Or anytime we go to Starbucks, which we don't anymore. Thank you, pandemic, for getting me off Starbucks. Anytime we go to Starbucks after he pays, he's always driving. I'm like, wow, okay, nice. So you're just going to flirt right in front of me. (laughs) Okay, So I do like to do that. The unfortunate thing is at a certain point, my husband was like, oh my God, you're like so jealous. Like what? And like you've learned that's not totally untrue, but if he really thinks I'm jealous of every single barista at Starbucks that I literally can't even see from where I'm sitting in the car, I literally can't even see them. They're arms to me. That's it. They're arms in an apron. But that he really thought I was jealous all those times. I was like, wow. Um, First of all, hon, you need to learn some confrontation skills. Maybe bring this up to me a little sooner. If I thought you were jealous of every bag boy we interacted with, I would right away nip it in the bud. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) What was that comment? Like, oh, I bet you love him touching our groceries. Like, what, what do you mean? This isn't okay, Sean. You can't you can't be jealous of the back. Well, first of all, he's 16. Second of all, I was only talking to him because he was showing me his seether tattoo. So we were bonding. We both have lyrics tattooed on us, okay? That doesn't mean we're meant to be. It's just a conversation, Sean. I'd get it taken care of right away. So again, gonna blame that on him. Every issue I have is someone else's problem. So anyway, I am really happy for you to get to listen to the conversation I have with Rachel. It's truly fucking awesome. And she is hilarious and so much fun to talk to. I really wish we lived a little closer than like thousands of miles. We're like thousands of miles apart. I'm not saying I wouldn't drive up for a Sunday to visit her, you know, I'm not saying I wouldn't take a weekend, but I, it would be nice if we were a little closer. So enjoy the show. Rachel, I've got Rachel here and we <laughs> know each other initially from the Hollywood Handbook Forum and then from following each other on social media and most recently from attempting to record this podcast last week where we ended up talking <laughs> For three and a half hours and didn't we didn't get to any of the questions I wrote. We did we got to one. We did get to one. I don't I shouldn't lie on the podcast. We got to one. So really we made a valiant effort. And we're retrying it again today because I said I can't edit a three and a half hour podcast. You were very forthcoming about that and I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Yeah. As, as we talked more and more, I kept looking at the time going, would I edit this? And as you know, <laughs> like further and further, I'm like two hours. I'm like, I would edit this two and a half. I'm like, yeah, I'll put the time in. <laughs> like, no, we hit the three hours. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm just grateful you would give me a second chance. Oh, absolutely. You did mess that up. So <laughs> don't mess this up. <laughs> Fool me once, they say. <laughs> All right. I'm getting straight to the questions. I'm, go- I'm ready to go. Okay. We did. Why? Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, I boy. do want to say that go. it was just super, it was so nice. And also, our conversation last week was very nice. And also, we really did touch on, like, if we were Pete Holmes, we could have published that and people would have gone apeshit. That's very true. I told my husband about it. I was like, oh, my God, we talked for three and a half hours. And he was like, I can't wait to listen. I'm like, I, we're, I'm not putting it out because no. I'm not going to edit that. And he's like, great. I love long, long podcasts. Just put it out unedited. I was like, Sean, you can go listen to it or whatever. Yeah, send an MP3 podcast. file. <laughs> That'll be just for you, oh your little God. treat. That's funny. So we already have one fan. Oh, great. But yes, okay, I'm committed to let's let's dive in. We've okay. got all the other stuff out of the way now. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. Okay. Your icebreaker is a cooking game. Which is worse? Getting the skin off of an onion or getting the skin off of a mango? I would say a mango because I don't eat mangoes very often, so I'm less practiced if that's a word which it probably isn't and also i know i've seen the cup method where you use like a cup or whatever and you you is it a cup i've seen this on instagram videos where you just take the cup and you kind of like pull like a separate the skin from the the meat like with a glass and i am i'm afraid of losing that delicious juicy meat I'm afraid of messing that up. So I'm, yeah, I'm going to go mango is worse. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds absolutely impossible. I will tell you, I also saw an interesting method for cutting up a mango. I don't know, uh, from Ali Wong. She, she posted a video with her daughter eating a mango that was just the skin. The seed was out and it was cut into cubes, but still attached to the skin. Yes. It looks great, but. Yeah, and you kind of flip it inside out. And like, yes. Yeah. I'm sure that it is great. I do not trust myself to do that well. No. And is it is it easy? I don't know. I do need to see a veteran do it. Maybe that would help, right? Yeah. A veteran mango eater. Yes. <laughs> or a war veteran. I mean, who knows? <laughs> right. You know what? Life experience is life experience. Who knows what kind of skills they teach? We don't know. I know they used to have them peel potatoes. Maybe they got them on mangoes now. Mm, Yeah, it's possible. I I hear doubt in your voice and I want you to just know, (laughs) know. They definitely are having the veterans peel mangoes. Okay, Okay. Rachel? I believe you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, which is worse, chopping herbs or chopping garlic? (laughs) Chopping garlic because I've got – I know maybe you're not supposed to say why, but I can't not 
I would say I always overthink how I should chop or slice garlic for dishes. And so I'm afraid of fucking it up. It always makes your hands smell like garlic forever. And I got a garlic press recently and it changed my life and I'm never going to chop garlic again. Wow, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, what kind of garlic press did you get? Because I always imagine the ones where you're like squeezing the garlic through it and then it's impossible to clean and that's a deal breaker. That is the kind that I have. I saw <laughs> I saw recently they have one that is just kind of like you can it, – it looks like uh, brass knuckles or whatever, but it's <laughs> – it's not. <laughs> roll it on top of the garlic and the garlic, you know, presses out. But I didn't get that kind. I got the kind that you squeeze. And it, number one, it's hard to squeeze. So I do feel kind of adventurous when I do it. But it comes with a little – it looks like a Barbie hairbrush. It's like a plastic little thing that you use to, like, clean out the little holes. It's not that bad. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. And I like your description, Barbie hairbrush. That would sell me instantly. If yes. you did an infomercial for this thing, oh, yeah, <laughs> I want that. But also the brass knuckles. That description is very appealing. Thank you. And Pampered Chef can sponsor me. I just want that known. Absolutely. <laughs> Any other sponsors avail like of interest to you that you want to get out now or you want to save them over? I will literally <laughs> take whatever comes. <laughs> I will take the first brand that comes to me. I And I talk mad shit about brands, but I'll tell you right now, if you sponsor me, I will not talk shit about your brand. In fact, I will compliment it. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. You know what? And I also think we just stumbled upon something that I don't think has been done before sponsoring the guest of a podcast <laughs> right <laughs> and that's why I do consider myself something of an innovator and um <laughs> yet again brands hello I think now is I'm so right now what I'm doing is demonstrating my worth as a brand uh, ambassador and one of those things brands is that I'm I am an innovator as you can see I'm constantly coming up with new ideas for marketing sponsor a, a guest sponsor you know i do you have sponsors i know i okay, don't we got to get you some sponsors we do i would like ideally for my podcast to be 90 percent ads okay that's what i'm trying to build Good. up to yes so now that would be what if the other episode was three and a half hours we're talking i guess like what 12 hours of ads <laughs> <laughs> no i would cut out most of the podcast. I'm not going to make people listen forever. It'll be an hour, but only 10 minutes of conversation. And, and I oh, want one that way. Cute NASCAR things with all the ads on it. You have to. Mattresses and Lisa mattress. I'll take all the mattresses. You Okay. Do you think that they, I now that is innovative. Do you think maybe you can be the first brand ambassador for several different of the same type of company and make it work. Has this not been done before? I'll, oh, I'll absolutely do it. There's something to love about each one of them. You know what I mean? I'll talk about the specifics and then what's special about them. Different people are going to want different things here. Truthfully, this is the honesty that the marketing industry needs now. Yes. I, I'm not sleazy. I'm honest. People are craving transparency from their corporations. Right. Yeah. We want to hear what you think about the trending topics of the day. Yes. If I don't get 
an email from Kohl's telling me that they care about the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm out of here. Yeah, and I do believe that they care. And I definitely think that that is apparent in the way that they definitely don't use prison labor for their products. So to me, that email kind of sealed the deal for me. And I do think (laughs) Kohl's will go to heaven when it dies. (laughs) Oh, there's no question. Okay, now I I am imagining you taking this coal sponsorship that you've absolutely sealed the deal on. I think so. And go bouncing around to other podcasts. And just when they ask you a question, you go, it'll be just one second. Let me first talk to you about Coles and just spew an ad for Coles off the cuff. Oh, yes. And really what I think will end up happening is I'll just have to work it into my rhetorical style. So I, I'm thinking like a really holistic approach. Like, you know how you go into a Kohl's and they don't have normal shopping carts. They only have those weird mesh baskets on wheels. So (laughs) I'm thinking that means right out the gate, any conversation I enter into in which I am representing the Kohl's brand, I'm going to come in out the gate, not what you expect. I am not going to be easy to work with. I am going to be difficult to <laughs> identify. These are all things that happen in podcasts, and I am ready. I love it. So you're going to be a difficult guest. Yes. You were off-putting from the first moment we entered this conversation. <laughs> I kind of just wanted to get out of it because I felt like I didn't really know where I was going. And I'll go, yeah, that's right. That's the Coles way then you give them a coupon and they they keep inviting you back because that's all it takes i am loaded with cole's cash and i'm (laughs) (laughs) and if you buy a pair of pants it's gonna you're gonna pick out that pair of pants and it's gonna say like 36 dollars or whatever and you go that's a pretty good deal when you check out it's gonna be 12 dollars, and you're gonna go of course what am i gonna do not come back here i mean that's amazing Absolutely. Who cares how long the line is? Who cares how many times they ask me if I want the Coles card? That's right. And where else will you get Daisy Fuentes's women's line? You can't. It's the only place. That's right. We have to support them. We have to. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's next? Waiting for a potato to bake. Or waiting for pasta to cook? I think potato because it usually takes longer. Well, but then I'm thinking, you know, with pasta, you get to like, it's right in front of you and you're thinking about it. Potato, you can just throw in the oven and leave it there. I'm going to still say potato. I think pasta, more versatile, quicker. You can fuck up the pasta. I just feel like there's a little bit of anxiety for me in Mm. cooking the pasta that isn't there with the potato. The potato, I leave it in there for two days. It's still going to taste pretty good. That's very true. It's hard to overcook a potato. Yeah, that's valid. I mean, does the variety of what you put on the pasta versus the potato matter to you in this situation or no? Just the cooking. Just the cooking. Okay, yeah. Yeah, man, that's tough. And are you baking a whole potato here or are you doing like some like maybe little chopped up with some a whole potato. Oh, there's okay. not there's not going to be any extra work done yeah. in this potato situation. Okay. Yeah. Well, I you know, to each their own. Right. No, yeah. I mean, you're wrong and I'm <laughs> right, but <laughs> 
no, you're also right. It does take like 45 minutes to cook a fucking potato and like nine minutes for the pasta. So yeah. it's, you know. But potato, you can just throw on some dang sour cream and chives and it's good. And pasta, then you got to make, then you have to make a sauce. Right. And you use more, I think you use more shit that you have to wash afterwards if you make pasta. So there, that's a huge. And tomato sauce is a real bitch. Yes, it is. And it stinks up your damn house. It do. It do. <laughs> Baked potato, you just throw on there. You don't even need a dang bacon sheet. You just put it in there. That's what I do. I'm like, we'll just take our chances here. <laughs> I love what baked potatoes have turned you into. You've said dang multiple times. I'm really thinking about this baked potato. Dang sour cream. I'm really, yeah, now I'm really thinking about this baked potato. Right? It's Is it bringing you back to reality show? show it is bringing food. me back to reality show. Beautiful baked potato. <laughs> I think that might be what happened here is that I started thinking about that and immediately. I'll have to go back and listen and see if they talk about dang sour cream. <laughs> is that just what happens? No, see, I put a new spin on their bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you did. I think you really got to like the the southern roots of the baked potato. But you just left this podcasting session unceremoniously, no goodbye, no nothing, trying to sabotage this podcast again. I'm being put on blast here unfairly. I truly don't know what happened. This is my this is my shittier now. Here's one thing. Remember last time at the very beginning, my cat knocked my laptop down mm-hmm. very dramatically? I am using that laptop, and it seems that it may think that okay. it doesn't want to. But it, it just said that the network disconnected, so I don't know what that's about. Let's just hope that does not happen again. Sorry. That's okay. It has done that to me once before, so. I really do hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> okay which is worse crying from cutting onions or choking from cooking spices have you ever experienced this yeah yeah i'm gonna i i think crying from cutting onions mainly because it's something that i know i can prevent if i have a sharp knife and if i kind of if i throw my onion in the freezer for like 30 minutes before i do it and so then the self-loathing kicks in and that really makes it all worse wow see okay i was wondering what you were gonna say when you said you know you can prevent it i was like wait is this a psychosomatic thing and i wasn't aware (laughs) i wish Oh, wouldn't that be something? No, I'm just, you know, there are a million videos on the internet about you can not cry. I mean, they never work fully, but they do help. And I didn't have a knife sharpener until about three months ago. And that really changed the game for me. And then when I'm cooking with spices, I'm like, look at me. Look at how much I have learned from the world. Look how worldly I am, you know? Right. So it raises your self-esteem to choke on the spices, lowers your self-esteem to cry from the onions. Yes. Okay. That's a very apt uh, and succinct summary of how I feel about (laughs) those two things. I kind of like the intense crying from the onions because 
it makes me feel like a great actress. You can oh, just yeah. turn it into a scene. It's like, oh, if he thinks he'll get away with this. Have you ever really used that to your advantage? No, I really should use it to fake a pregnancy or something. Yes. <laughs> or admit to an affair, something really dramatic and fun. And is your husband always at the the, the other side of this situation? Yeah. Okay. He has, he's the only one around me. Come on, Rachel. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could save it up for like a family vacation and then really go off. That's true. I mean, they'd probably smell the onions though, wouldn't they? Mm, Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'll think of some workarounds there because I'm a big fan of just starting a huge fight with my family almost immediately. when I visit them so okay great so I think I have faith that you'll come up with something good for me definitely get back to me on that okay I will be hanging (laughs) the final one which is worse when you make something too spicy or when you make something bland I think that depends on if I'm making something for myself or others if I made something for other people, I almost would want to make it more spicy because I know that I'm a baby when it comes to like how spicy I like my food. So I know other people will probably like it. And if it's bland, I'll be like, I'm such a loser. But if I'm by myself, I'll just, you know, I'll eat it anyway. <laughs> right. But if it's spicy and I'm by myself, I will not. I will cry. Yes. I love the way you've thought about this, getting other people involved. And will I be embarrassed if they try a spicy thing versus a bland thing? Because you can also, you always have that option. If someone's like, this is too spicy, you're like, oh, you can't handle it. Like, just talk to them like they're a piece of shit for not liking how spicy it is. Well, yeah, I I am a big fan of cooking with people and cooking for my friends and lots Last summer we had uh, grill and chills like all the time. So we would just bring – and it was all vegans. So we would just bring a ton of vegetables and grill them up. And I had a friend who would like constantly just make the spiciest marinade he could possibly come up with and feed it – like grill vegetables in it and then just give it to people and nobody would have a clue what was going on and we were like we had to like intervene and say you have to tell people what you've done because it's painful man but you know he he never left the party crying and for that i say you know i guess he made the right choice i guess so (laughs) so he never left the party crying meaning you did (laughs) well (laughs) I'll tell you, I found myself, we were over there all the time and I did find myself a little place that I knew I could go if I needed some alone time. And I'm not going to sit here and say I didn't use it because of some food mishaps every once in a while. Okay. Was this your own something you made? wasn't received well yes well I would so I'm very sensitive and often I would bring a unique vegetable because I like have a like a farm CSA thing and so I would just bring whatever the fuck I got there and then you know people wouldn't eat it and it's like I didn't even have anything to do with preparing it but for some reason it hurt me it was like I just internalized 
everything. And I was like, they don't like me because I bring weird vegetables. And that was not the case. (laughs) What sort of weird vegetables would you bring? One time I brought, it's like a funky looking cauliflower broccoli situation. And it's like green. Sometimes it's white. God, what is it called? I don't remember. I Yeah, I think this is so weird. I've never even seen it. And it honestly was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to stand out. That's right. And also, you know, that is very, that was my brand. I, ch- uh, yeah, that was a rough summer. I tried, a, I tried to stand out in many ways. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Boob job. Yes. I gotcha. Yeah. Clown makeup. Clown makeup, boob job. I got the boob job undone as soon as like the first day of fall. I said, no more. This isn't me. And then clown makeup, that has kind of stayed a tradition in our friend group. I will put it on every once in a while. Okay. So now you're a good sport about it. You know what? And your brand is standing out. You know who else's brand is standing out? Kohl's. Coles, that's right. If you want the most exotic, outstanding, high fashion pieces, Coles is the only place to go. <laughs> do you need pajamas? I hope you do. And I hope you want a nightgown with a bunch of bunny rabbits printed on it. And that's the only thing you can find there. So if that's not what you want and you don't want to stand out, then you can't go to Kohl's. (laughs) Stay home. Stay home if you don't want to stand out. Yeah, that's what advertisers like, right? When you kind of menacingly just kind of berate potential customers. So I think I've got it. Well, that's how you win people over. Then they're trying to impress you. So they're going, they're going to go to Kohl's. Yes, exactly. And folks, fans, if you're listening, go to Kohl's, find that nightgown I'm talking about, take a photo of yourself and post it on Instagram, hashtag Kohl nightgown challenge. Kohl's, Kohl nightgown challenge, not Kohl's, <laughs> Kohl nightgown (laughs) challenge and we'll pick a winner wow i can't wait to see those picks folks i can't wait they're gonna be good (laughs) so you said you're really into cooking and you like cooking for your friends when did you start getting into cooking who did you learn to cook from well i i started getting into cooking in 2016 was it yeah it had to have been 2016 summer of 2016 I moved back in with my dad because I had just graduated from college and I didn't have a place to go and I didn't have a full-time job so I thought I'll stay here for a while and save up money and I could not handle the way that he ate and so I was like I guess I guess I need to figure my own shit out and so I started doing blue apron actually hello big time plug hello (laughs) um I started doing blue apron and I it that's really where I like why I started cooking and I I would I had so much fun making food and I had two servings in every box. So sometimes I made food for my dad and sometimes I'd invite friends over and I just had so much fun doing it. And everything I made was so good. And I was like, I can do this. These aren't, I mean, the recipes really are not that 
complicated. So I've kind of weaned myself off. I don't do Blue Apron anymore, but I did get, like I said, the farm CSA that I have. And so I kind of like being given ingredients and then just figuring out what to do with them. But cooking with Blue Apron kind of taught me like how to use spices and how to cook certain types of foods and when you want to do high heat or low heat or when you want to bake versus saute or whatever. And I wish that I could say it was something cute like my mom taught me, but both my parents, I had divorced parents and they were kind of, um, we were all kind of in our own ways, hot messes as when I was growing up. So that was not something I learned from them. Okay. So I am just going to have to pull you aside really quick and say, Please stop with the ads. It is getting excessive. <laughs> that one is rough, I know. Wow, Blue Apron taught me about spices and all I know about my real family is Blue Apron. It's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Rachel. Blue Apron is my mommy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I won't mention it next time. <laughs> next time, if, if anything else comes up, I am just generic naming it. I'm not. So I'm not even going to say what the brand was. That is the <laughs> one I will do. I will give him that little tiny bit of credit. No, that is that's very interesting. You have picked up all of that from just a little company called Blue Apron. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I will say I'm going to give myself a little more credit. I I think that I had never really tried cooking before. And then I was like, let me do this the easiest way where I don't actually have to go to the store and get stuff and measure it out. And so I did it the easiest way. And then I thought, well, this really isn't that bad. And then I kind of looked more into it and figured, like, like I said, I don't do it anymore. So I got really into it and I started watching more like cooking, you know, videos and things. And I still think that there, it like, I dream of going to culinary school like once a month at least. And then I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> but but it's so interesting to me and I, I love trying new things. I just started making bread and I never made bread before. So I started doing that because who hasn't? But it's great. And oh my God, the best – I live in the South. Everybody loves to be kind and like give people shit and ho- all the hospitality. And so when I show up at a function with like a whole loaf of bread – now I can't do this now – but I used to bring like, you know, any like any little thing I could make to somebody's house just when I'm going over to visit. Oh, it you become a favorite, you know? It's it's won me quite a few fans, I'll say. Yeah. Start making pickles. I started pickling. Oh, people love the pickles. Oh yeah. And then you just bring someone a damn jar of pickles and they're like, oh my gosh, Rachel, thank you for thinking of me. And I'm like, yeah, it's not because I had extra. It's because I was thinking of you. Wow. And you, so you gave those to the queen, it sounds like? Okay. Yes. Rachel, thank I, well, okay, fine. We'll get into it. Yes, <laughs> I did give the queen of England a jar of my pickles and she was, I mean, she really liked them. It was a little embarrassing because I like 
yeah, I guess it's nice of me, but also don't make a huge deal about it. And there were other people in the room and I'm just kind of thinking, well, now, now I feel bad because all these other people, I didn't get them anything. And you're a dame now because of the pickles. Yes. Well, and I, yes, I was, I did, you know, she almost cut me with that damn sword, but I (laughs) am okay. Do they do that to the dames too? Do they sword them? I really don't know how it works. I have no clue. I would certainly hope so. I would hope so. It's some bullshit if not. If it's like yeah. a hat or something instead. like Oh, uh, that would be fucked. That would I be refuse totally to fucked. accept that. Turns out, turns out the monarchy isn't as forward thinking as we once thought. <laughs> right? Uh-uh. <laughs> but you know who is forward thinking? Coles. Coles. That's right, folks. Forward is the motion that you have to push that little mesh cart. <laughs> and sometimes you pull it. I don't really know, to be honest. Is it a push cart? Is it a pull cart? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. We're here. You know, we will take your calls if you have an answer. The number is... Where is it? <laughs> Uh-oh. No, Uh-oh. <laughs> Four six 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 zero five two. That was my cousin's phone number growing up. Maybe someone will answer there and tell them her cousin had this number. And can you call her and tell her that? I think it'll, they'll get it to us. It should work. Yeah, we'll get it. Should work. I don't see why not. But I, what you said about Blue Apron, I, I do think they should advertise that way. Like if you are wanting to learn to cook, but you don't really know where to start, maybe a good place to start because they kind of advertise it for people who would either be cooking anyway, yes, where it's like just kind of annoying to have them choose what you're making or people who want something easy. And it's not quite easy, I would say. It's not like a fucking microwave meal. No. So it's really more of learning how to cook. That's They really should be pushing that. Maybe college kids or something. That is what, honestly, we, I work at a college and we have like in one of the dorms that they recently run, or in two of them, they recently renovated them and they put in a whole, like, um, what is it called? Like a entertainment kitchen or something like that. It's like a big open kitchen where they, you, it's specifically built for like instructional cooking. And so you can gather and we do like cooking programs, especially like we'll invite like international students to cook like teach people how to cook a meal from their home country or whatever and I think it's such a good idea because in most dorms you can't fucking cook anything besides what you put in your microwave and kids are like they you have to learn how to cook like that is something that I did not realize until I was in my like mid-20s was like I need to learn how to make food that tastes good and that I want to eat especially you know like I'm single. I was living by myself pretty much. And now I'm, yeah, I'm very thankful. And truthfully, yeah, you're right. They should be marketing it to like people in their 20s, early 20s. Also, it's hella impressive to other people. Like if you invite somebody over and you cook them up a delicious blue apron meal, like that is going to go over very well. And it's it's not as hard to cook as you think, you know? It's like, yeah, you you wash, you slice, you add heat basically. 
Yeah, and even if you burn, it's probably still going to taste great. So you don't have to worry about it too much. Exactly. So you love comedy podcasts. And I do. Here comes the one question that we had last time. We did get to one, but I'm going to have you do it again anyway. So this is Sophie's choice for podcasts. If you had to kill one and save one, you know, which one, which one are you saving? Yeah. Comedy Bang Bang or Improv for Humans? Kill Comedy or Kill Improv for Humans. Woo, close call. I'm going to save Comedy Bang Bang. And that one you've just, you just like it more? Do you still, do you still listen to Comedy Bang Bang? I do. Now, I certainly do not enjoy it as much as I once did. But I think purely for nostalgic reasons, like Comedy Bang Bang was the first comedy podcast that I really, really got into. And it introduced me to basically everything else that I listened to. So for that reason alone, I think I have to. Well, God, and if someone kills Scott, who's going to run scripts or whatever? Oh, God. That would be so sad. (laughs) Yeah. What a tragedy. (laughs) Who have been your favorite recent guests on Comedy Bang Bang? Oh, I'll tell you what. I love Carl Tart and he can do no wrong. Drew Tarver can do no wrong. Dan Lippert was on recently doing Sully or Sully Sullenberger's brother with Paul F. Tompkins, who also did that character, but differently. And it was very funny. I like the new blood in the, in the, I guess they're not that new, but um, Claudio Doherty is great. Although I guess she hasn't been on in a while. I'm trying to think. Sometimes the non-comedian guest will really surprise me, like Jack Quaid who was actually who was on Hollywood Handbook recently too. He really I thought he was like a damn good sport on Comedy Bang Bang. Is he the son of Dennis Quaid? He is. Wow. Yes. Dennis or Randy, I don't know, one of them. Oh god, I hope it's not Randy. I honestly couldn't tell you the difference. Wait, you don't know who Dennis Quaid is or Randy Quaid? I mean, I do. But I, it's like, no, it's like the difference between Ron Howard and Clint Howard. It's, it's like incredibly different. Yes. I'm looking right now. Okay. It is the son <laughs> of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Okay. So pretty, pretty fortunate oh. there. So I wonder if they asked him on the podcast, what's it like to have an annoying mom? I don't remember them asking that, but in all honesty, could imagine Scott asking that. Scott is one of the rudest people I've ever I mean, I I met him like twice or something after a comedy bang bang live show, and he was perfectly nice. But sometimes on the sometimes on the pod, I'm like, damn, dude. Well, and we all know about parking lot, Scott. So I'm just I'll leave it at that. But what? What's parking lot, Scott? Oh man, parking lot, Scott was this whole bit from Hollywood Handbook where Sean and Hayes were basically just like mocking Scott for being, I guess, a different person when they would encounter him outside of the office. (laughs) (laughs) It's very silly and stupid and very funny. That sounds very funny. I have not listened to Hollywood Handbook in years. Really? Yeah. What, What changed for you? I think once the forum stopped being so much of a thing, I had less of a reason to listen. But also, I fell in love with them because of reality show show yeah 
So their personalities on Reality Show Show are their genuine personalities. On Hollywood Handbook, their characters, the characters are fine. I prefer their real personalities. So I just don't have a a huge draw to listen to that. A strong pull. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I just am constantly clinging to uh, masculine D-list celebrities because I and 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 especially if they do podcasts because I love to not feel as alone as I am. <laughs> that sounds so much sadder than it is, but really I just live <laughs> alone and I like to hear people talking while I'm alone. But masculine voices? Oh, primarily? yes. It's disgusting and I hate myself for this. I like legitimately as somebody who I mean, I've done my fair share of like social justice work and I'm absolutely like I'm queer and I totally (laughs) like am very intentional about uplifting non-male voices in almost every other avenue. I personally like there is something about listening to a man's voice that just like deeply calms me and I don't know I don't know why. It's just I always gravitate towards them. That is – I'm probably over overstating it because I do listen to a lot of non-male podcasters. But, yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. I like <laughs> – that, that's – you know what? I, you're, you're off the clock. I do not want you to have to work through my daddy issues right now. <laughs> Because we all know that's what it comes back to. <laughs> yeah, that's what it always comes back to. You just want to listen to daddy. Well, yeah, or like just have someone affirming, saying anything in an affirming and nice voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, which one are you going to kill? How did this get made or punch up the jam? Um. I'll kill how did this get made? Just I I think they've had their time. They've had their time, yeah. yeah. It's and it's too many hosts. Uh, too many hosts. Yes, absolutely. Come on. And then yeah. they'd have a guest on and they would talk so much and it's like, but you guys are here every week. I want to hear Nathan Fielder. I'm still holding a grudge. That was like years ago the Nathan Fielder episode, but it's like I want to hear his thoughts, not yours. I don't think I ever listened to the Nathan Fielder episode, but that would make me so angry if I did. Because that's, I'm sorry, but that's a rare one. You don't get right? Nathan on a lot of stuff. No, you do not. And that's the respect that you show him. Okay. Yes. No oh, wonder he's Lord. never on anything. That is what did it. That did it. And you know what else would actually bug me about how did this get made? Is that sometimes they would talk about how dumb something was in a movie when it's like clearly the intention was for it to be dumb yeah oh yeah well i i think too like at a certain point 
I don't want to hear very successful Hollywood actors. And yes, I'm calling Paul Shear and June Diane Raphael successful, very <laughs> successful. I don't want to hear them just talk shit about what made them. I mean, they're in the industry. I can't. There was a limit that I have for the inside bubble kind of stuff. And to me, that podcast is very like we are in Hollywood and we are living it every day. And I'm I'm not. I can't. I can't think about that shit all the time. I don't want to, and I also don't want to watch movies that way because it makes me a miserable person to be around. I mean, I think it can be fun to watch a movie like this is going to suck, but if the movie is sincerely not enjoyable, if it's completely just boring the way some of those movies were, it was like, yeah. I don't want to be spending my time watching this just to hear you guys talk about it i don't know and i feel like you have to to really enjoy the podcast you ideally would watch the movie but. yes well that's another reason i stopped listening was like i'm just not gonna watch these fucking movies i really didn't watch all of them i watched a lot of them but i'm thinking about like the uh the one with the little boy who's like a plant he's like his parents wish for him and he like grows in the yard. I have no idea. Oh, something, the odd life of Timothy Green or something. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that episode and like, I kind of wish I had watched that movie because I think it was Andy Daly and Jason were saying that they sincerely liked it and were like crying because the kid dies in it. And it's like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it just sounded like the, uh, uh, just a really, really unique sort of movie. But of course I skipped that one. <laughs> but I watched Tiptoes where Gary Oldman's a little person. <laughs> I really, I did a bad job picking which ones I would watch. <laughs> I watched Season of the Witch with Nick Cage. That was oh. terrible. <laughs> I think it was like In the Name of the King with Jason Statham maybe. Terrible. Oh. I don't I, not Odd Life of Timothy Green, come on. They should have early on implemented a system where they tell you, yes, we think you should watch this or no, you really don't need to watch this. Yes, that's so true. That's a really good idea. They're like 500 episodes in now. Should I, should I comment on their Instagram and tell them to do it? <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd appreciate that. I'm not going to do it. All right. All right. Sleep <laughs> on it. But do you listen to Punch Up the Jam? I have listened to a couple of episodes, but I have not listened. I haven't really listened to it in the way that I would like. Here's the thing about me and podcasts. And this is true for like music and movies and TV shows. It is so hard for me to say to myself, I am going to start listening to this thing regularly. What instead happens is I listen to something I've already listened to for the fifth time in its entirety. It's a mess. I've listened to The Teacher's Lounge in its entirety at least four times. Wow. It's gross. <laughs> no, I, th I mean, I think that's great. I think that's great. There's uh when I was really into improv for humans, I listened to a lot of the episodes many times. Yeah. So I certain I maybe it's it is a thing with improv where there's 
there's just some extra joy there to re-listen to. Yeah. I mean, I'll even listen. I've listened to the reality show show in its entirety. I mean, that's not – Yeah. There's not a ton of episodes. But every every couple years or so, I'll kind of go back to it and I'll just be like, I'm going to listen to this for the next month. It's good. It's that is good. just another fun one. It's really fun. It destroys <laughs> me because it makes me wish – that it was like I would have loved for it to continue. It would have, I would watch shows that they would talk about, but I, I understand it being like a pain in the ass to watch yeah. hours and hours and hours of TV every week for them to have just like an hour and a half of material for that podcast. I get it. I was thinking about it, like, I don't know why I was thinking about it recently, but. Like you could get someone to choose different clips and just yeah. kind of have you watch part of them, but then they're probably going to choose different things than you would choose. And, and then you have to come up with something comedic for whatever their interest was in this thing. So it just, I guess it just wouldn't work, but I yeah. am mad about it. Yeah. I'll, I'm mad right there with you. Solidarity. <laughs> Good. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, which one are you killing? High and Mighty or Raised by TV? Ooh, I would say Raised by TV. Ooh. I don't, I think Raised by TV is just a little limited in scope. And while I enjoy having someone to balance Gabrus out, I will <laughs> say I, I like genuinely enjoy some of the episodes of High and Mighty. Like they're good. I love, yeah. man, there, I loved the episode, like he talked with Jacob Wysocki about psychedelics and I thought that was great. And he had Anthony Atamanik on to talk about conspiracy theories. I like legit enjoyed those. Gabrus can be absolutely one of the most frustrating people to listen to sometimes, but overall I do think he is, he's tolerable. <laughs> I really enjoy him. I find him to be a completely original person. Like he's not who you expect. Yeah. He'll just say things that like he's not trying to be any certain way. He just yeah. is. And so sometimes he doesn't have a filter in that way, but he's just always unexpected. And I agree. And I think, yeah, again, I'm like, I know there's better people to be listening to than John Gabris, but <laughs> yeah, it is fun to hear. I mean, and he asks good questions. I mean, he, he sells himself short and I think that's probably, that's the comedy and that's the branding yourself, right? But like, he genuinely is like, smart and funny and in you know and inquisitive even when he's being kind of a little shithead <laughs> but that's what we love we love the shithead stuff we love it he is he is alt comedy's joe rogan oh that's yeah absolutely yeah you're totally right he's always high and asking dumb questions yep and he's he's a bro like we're not you know oh, yeah. he'll be the first absolutely. to admit well, I mean, some of his stories and say he ate a snake once or something like on a dare by his frat brothers. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like oh my God. <laughs> I have a friend who one of my local friends who I can talk about comedy stuff with very few. He absolutely we we both kind of have a big crush on John Gabris. And so he says that he 
imagines himself to be a John Gabris, but in reality is more of a Mike Mitchell. And I don't think that's a fair, <laughs> I don't think that's a fair thing to say because I think they're both so wonderful, but there is definitely <laughs> a difference in attitudes. I think Mike Mitchell is like endearing, but yeah. also would probably be realistically like incredibly boring to be around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what this person thinks of himself. <laughs> What about John Gemberling? Where do you fall there? How do you feel about him? I'm a big John Gemberling fan. Big John Gemberling fan. And I think one of the things that sold me on him was the episode of Hollywood Handbook he did. He did a live episode and he they had this insane bit going about like a potential show for John to have. And I think he and Brett ended up doing an extended bit, but it 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 cracked me up and I liked the way that he kind of like went into the the premise. I like the way that he approached it. But I don't know that I've really heard him on a ton of things now that I think about it. He was on Empire for Humans a lot. And yeah. I know you didn't listen to that a ton, but you get to know him a lot more on that. I'm trying to think of how I really know him if it's just that or I may have also just like searched his name and like the podcast app and listened to a bunch of stuff because he's just interesting to me and then I've listened to his wife on some stuff because oh. I'm interested <laughs> tell me more wait so what who is his wife and like what I want to say her name is Andrea Rosen I feel like I know yeah yeah and she's I've I think she's an improviser too, or at least yeah. some sort of comedic actress. And just the story of how they met where she was just like psychotically like crushing on him and told the girl like, Oh my God, like he's so cute. Do you know if he has a girlfriend? And the girl's like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but then when they broke up, she still was like, I like him. And it just sounded so intense and that he would, then go for her I'm like wait a minute I could have had a chance because that's what I am like <laughs> I mean that's what I am thinking currently so yeah <laughs> I'm gonna change my approach up I think right <laughs> that's amazing but then they have two kids together named like Thaddeus and Zeus or some shit so it's like <laughs> I don't need to be part of this no you're going in a different direction they really are made for each other oh you know where I heard them recently it was the couples therapy podcast have you ever listened to that who who hosts that Naomi Ekparigan okay I haven't Not heard it and then her boyfriend Andy it's really good. It's They just have a live show where they have two people. They can be in a couple. They can be friends. It can be any sort of relationship. And they just talk together, like do some sort of comedic thing. And uh, Hayes was on it once. He was supposed to be on it with Sean, but I guess <laughs> Sean was like, no. Which is funny because Hayes is clearly the flaky one. But... <laughs> But it was That's it's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good show. And so him and his wife were on and they told this insane story about 
going to the woods and they they both had to poop on the way to the cabin and they got there and it was cold so everything was frozen the water in the toilet was frozen the pipes were frozen so they ran outside into the woods and brought paper plates and took (laughs) steaming shits on paper plates while holding each other up like a real couple's bonding experience. <laughs> so yeah, oh they you God. know what they found each other and they're meant to be and I we you know we don't need to get involved, I guess. <laughs> Not with them, but hey I'm I'm gonna say the Andrea Rosen uh method for finding a partner might be might be up my alley <laughs> accidentally asking somebody if their boyfriend is single <laughs> that feels yes. very apropos i love it yeah i i always like women who were well okay i'll tell you i related to natalie portman in garden state and kate winslet in eternal sunshine and i've had people tell me oh wow you remind me of them and things like that so I showed this boy once those movies. I was like 20 and I showed him those movies like these are great and all these women. And he's like, you watch a lot of movies with obnoxious women in them. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this probably isn't going to work out for us, is it? And no, it didn't. It did not. <laughs> Um, first of all, men are not allowed to call women obnoxious ever. That's my first take. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, fuck that. That's wild. I, you know, I've just stopped trying to like, I, I, I guess it's different. Like when I, when I was in my early 20s, I was probably more willing to share those parts of myself with people. But now I'm just like, no, you're gonna, you, I'm, I'm gonna wait until, uh, you get to see the real me. Like, I'm not going to show you anything that's important to me until I know that you're not a fucking loser, idiot. That's a good call also because sometimes they might even get attached if they get to know you. And then next thing you know, you're attached and then you realize they're a shithead and it's too late. Yeah. I'm trying to prevent that. Yeah, you have to, that's why you have to ask the tough questions before either of you gets attached. Because if you don't find out these things until um, even a month in, you're stuck. Yeah. Are you going to leave? You already like this person now. I'll tell you, I had a first date this weekend and I asked him the, the what's the worst thing you've ever done to a person <gasps> question. Wow. And I don't like the answer he gave me because the answer he gave me was like, oh, I fought this guy at a bar once because he slapped the girl I was with. And I'm like, that doesn't count. That doesn't fucking count. And then he wouldn't actually Mm -hmm. tell me a bad thing he had done. And I was like, I simply refuse to believe that. Like, you are not walking around this earth for 31 years just like being a perfect angel. Absolutely not. No. Okay. All right. Let's do it right here. Let's do it right here. I don't have like a set worst thing I have done, but I can think of some things that were not great. So let me share one. Okay. My cat Nermal was dying. Oh God. Sorry, mom. She was dying. She, I don't know what happened to her, but she was breathing so hard. Like, 
laying down, like couldn't move eyes open, but just like, like terrible labored breath where I was like, this is like the saddest thing I've ever seen. And here's my thought. She's suffering one, two, my mom's going to get home in like 30 minutes. And if normal is in this condition, my mom's going to want to take her to the vet and it's not going to be good. There's nothing to be done here. So I pushed my hand down on her chest to make it even harder for her to breathe. But so she would die quicker. And she did. (laughs) How old are you? Oh, it was not that long ago. Okay. 20 or something. Okay. That's it. See, like if you were like, I was six, I'd be like, no. (laughs) That's. That's a good point. You were an adult and I think you you thought it through. Yeah, I I thought it was the right thing to do. But then my mom got home and was really sad that Nirma was dead already. And I was like, you wouldn't have wanted to see her. You wouldn't have wanted no. to see her. It was terrible. It was oh. terrible. But so, okay. See, if you don't get something like that when you ask someone what's the worst thing you've ever done, yeah. they're lying. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do you have one? Oh, yeah. Well, yes, I do. Um, (laughs) I, I got a really could go several ways with this. Um, one thing I did when I was younger that I feel really bad about, but I think like wasn't it was an accident, like in earnest, it was an accident, but. It, it, a bunch of neighborhood kids were playing around and we had these gigantic sticks and we were like fighting with them like play fighting um and then you accidentally beat one to death with a stick well there was a group of people gathered around and so now now that i'm thinking about this as an adult i'm thinking about it a little differently a group of people from the neighborhood gathered around and someone was holding like a young child and I accidentally went because I like went to like take the goddamn stick and like hit the dude. I threw it back and I accidentally hit the kid, the the little toddler on the head. But now I'm thinking, why the fuck were you standing so fucking close to a bunch of idiot kids with gigantic sticks trying to fight each other? So that's a little bit on two people. Yeah, that's that sounds like a hazy memory. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, legitimately was a child. I do feel bad about it, though. I think the worst thing I did that I was, that was intentional was had a, like, a long-term fling with somebody from high school who had a girlfriend. And that was just a mess. And I don't feel good about it. It uh, was bad in a lot of ways, but I feel like, yeah, it was just a fucked up situation. And it's kind of changed my like perspective on people, but like forgiving myself and forgiving him has been quite a time. And that's pretty fucking bad. Like, I'm not proud of that at all. I also know that if I told somebody I was on a date with that story, there's a pretty big chance they would just be like, no, I don't want anything to do with you. And that's okay. Like, okay. I I don't think that's that bad that they would write you off. I think my killing normal story 
which is what I'm going to call it when I get it published. <laughs> I think that story might scare someone off, but uh, but also people like honesty, people like vulnerability, and a lot of people like weirdos. They do. So oh, if yeah. you can just, you know, just be a little cutie about it, just tell the story in a real <laughs> endearing way. Yeah. I think you can win them over. I'll have to think about how exactly I can tell my story in an endearing <laughs> way because it lasted for many years. I think just being honest. But here's the thing. You are not the person who was in the relationship. So it's like your part is bad, but if you were the other person, that might be a deal breaker. Oh, for sure. He absolutely did the work and he was not in a relationship the entire time it got very complicated bad stuff I think also like he's somebody that I would maybe consider like one of my first loves you know and I was like a very insecure adolescent when we met and that kind of the you know how like sometimes relationships that you form when you're younger don't really evolve that's exactly what happened I mean it's mm -hmm. like I did not I I grew outside of what that relationship was but then when when I was in it um or around him it was like I was 15 again and like mm -hmm. we can probably talk all day about like there was some manipulation going on and some lying and other things but yeah it's a tough one there's a lot of gray area on that one but overall i am not proud of myself <laughs> <laughs> so this guy i would say that is a little alarming for someone to for you to say what's the worst thing you ever did and he goes I was a hero. Yeah. Like, no, you don't think that that was a bad thing to do. You think that was a good thing to do. Right. So what are you, just that someone couldn't even say, "Ugh, God, I don't know. Well, I uh, pushed a kid on the playground once and, you know, called him a fat idiot. And right. I kind of feel bad about that. You just have something that you can pull out, well, you know? And this guy has four siblings, so I'm like, oh, so you never did something bad to one of your siblings? Come the fuck on. Come on. You never waterboarded your sister. <laughs> really? 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 <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't think I will be seeing him again, so it's fine. Mm, Alright. Well, we tried. We did try. We did try. <laughs> and he also, let me tell you, when we parted ways, he gave me a kiss on the cheek and it was odd. Not a fan. Not a fan of that move. Nope. It was very strange. I mean, it could have been sweet, I guess. But in that situation, it was odd. Because I don't think that we had really made like the connection that would have precipitated that kind of a move. Then again, I might be expecting too much of someone to <laughs> accurately read a situation with nuance, but who knows? That's probably his go-to move, you know? That's just what he does at the end of a date. He gives you a little kiss on the cheek, which to me is like... I'm not a child. I even, if my husband gave me a kiss on the cheek, I'd be creeped out. Like, what is 
can you please give me space? Yes. No. Grandpa, no. No. Yeah, I was like, wait, okay, pat my head then. Why don't you? Like, I don't know. This is so weird. That's a really, really weird move. Yeah. That really creeps me out. And then it makes me wonder, was he going in for a kiss? Does he, like, try to get a vibe? He goes that direction, sees what you do. I think that might have been what was happening. And I don't... Like, I kind of feel bad about it, but, like, not really. Because, like, maybe just walk away. Why do you feel bad about it? Rachel! Well, I feel bad that I wasn't just, like, no. You know, like, Mm. I could have just walked. I could have just turned around. But maybe I batted my eyes too many times. (laughs) It's tricky with guys. And somehow we always end up, like, feeling bad about whatever choices we made. I'll tell you a really not fun story that I realized during the Me Too movement, I realized that this thing was this guy's fault and he was a creep. I never thought of it that way. I thought... I was a little weirdo. I brought this on myself. I sent signals. Why did I let him do this? I'm so gross or whatever, right? So I was at a party and my friend was arguing with a guy. And I came in and just was getting involved in some way. And and then another friend stepped in because it was just weird and whatever. And this guy ended up saying that he had a girlfriend who was 14 or something, right? And he's like 18 to 20, I don't know. Yeah. And it was like, well, that's weird. And he brought a picture of her out from his wallet. Like, no. Yeah, no. That's very odd. And I believe he was like hitting on my friend or something. And that's why I, I like started saying something to him. Well, like, clearly you're like not cool with, with her anyway. Because I think he said she's a love of his life or some some creepy shit. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah, I am. I'm totally, you know, and then you couldn't just say, well, you're hitting on my friend. You're hitting on me or whatever it was. Right. So. I was like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, let's continue this argument on this couch over here, right? So I'm like, fine. I don't remember what we're arguing about. So we're sitting on the couch arguing, and he puts his hand up my shirt (laughs) and just feels around on my boobs, just grips around. And I, there's another couch of three or four people in front of us. So I then feel like a gross weirdo and I just am quiet and just let him do it because I don't want those people to notice I'm hoping they don't notice but they're giving me a weird look so I'm pretty sure they noticed and then he does that and then he takes his hand out and then he gets up and walks away without saying anything and literally until the me too movement I thought like I was a creep And like, I never understood when people think things are their fault or you blame yourself. I never understood that. Mm -hmm. But I realize now that you don't even realize you're doing it. Sometimes you don't even know that's the situation you're, you know? Yeah. And I was, uh, I was also 14. So (laughs) I was his type. Um, we got to find this fucker and I am not kidding. I will. I will uh, do justice. His name is Cody. Of course it is. Of and course it is. I think he lives in Tracy. I saw him one other time after that. He was like working at a movie theater or something like that or a show, a venue for a band or something. But yeah, of course his name is Cody. Okay, so this is a warning to uh, the people 
in your area, do not fucking talk to a guy. Well, <laughs> you can talk to <laughs> You can't just write off all Cody's, but. Absolutely can. Well. And you will if you know what's good for you. Okay. <laughs> all right. I mean, I'm not going to say. I have not met a single. I'm not to say they're not out there, but the Cody's that I have met have kind of been shitheads. And not like the fun John Gabris way. Right. I know Cody, who is the uncle that lives in a van on Step by Step. Yes. Yeah. I know he's kind of cool on the show, but realistically, that 30-year-old uncle lives in a van. No, you stay away from him. Yeah, okay? Correct. Perfect example of a Cody you want to avoid. Yes, exactly. I think that's the only Cody I know. I hate that I have no more Cody's than you, but I'm not going to go. I know two of them. Both of them sucked and hurt my friends. Okay. So we've learned some important stuff today. People talk about Chad's being bad, but you know what? It's the Cody's that are the real enemies of women. Cody is the OG Chad. Right. Heard it here first, folks. But yeah, guys do creepy things and then women question what we did to make them do that creepy thing. And did I lead him on or did I? It's like, no, but most of the time I think they're taking advantage of a situation where they know you won't know how to react. They know they're catching you off guard. You know, they know they're taking advantage and and they know that you'll question yourself and everyone else will question you too. Mm-hmm. When these things come out, people are like, well, what did you do really? Are you sure you didn't like it or whatever? Yeah. You know, like this might be getting too deep, so feel free to cut it out. But last fall, I had like an incident with a guy friend of mine where I like felt really taken advantage of and it was interesting because I kind of just immediately like after it happened I like just backed out of our friendship completely because we were pretty good friends and it's weird because so a couple months ago I decided to like confront him about it and tell him that I felt like what happened was not okay. And it was interesting because he said that he thought that I just like the reason for me being distant was just because I wasn't like feeling it anymore. And I'm thinking, okay, but isn't that something maybe you'd want to check in on? And I, you know, we had this conversation and I will say like now I feel a lot better about my relationship with this person, though I don't think that takes away from what happened, but it was interesting to to kind of talk it out with him. And he did a good job of making me feel heard and respected. But he also said, like, I didn't realize what I had done or that what I had done had impacted you this way. And I believe that in some sense, but I also think that a big part of why it happened was because they, like men, are not conditioned to be attuned to what other people are feeling in the same way that we are. So where I think I was clearly giving off signals that I didn't want something to happen, you know, that is not a thing that he was prepared 
or willing to read into. And so he just went and did it anyway. So, yeah. And like I said, this has been a whole year. Like forgiveness has been my theme for the year. And I definitely like I feel like we my relationship with that person is better and stuff. But um, yeah, it was it, it reminded me that people are very complex. Let's just say that. But yeah, I totally, I mean, and I fucking blamed myself for like a while. I was like, this is, this is my fault. Like I just didn't, I didn't do what I needed to do to stop things. And then I was like, now, you know, now I feel like, no, I did enough. I did enough. It was enough. But like, he just doesn't know how to fucking they don't know how to they either don't know or they're not willing to read this the room Mm -hmm. because i do think guys are also taught to like persist and like ask her out again and again and again and again and then sometimes it works out that way but i also think sometimes women just give in like you wear us down in some way or sometimes we're afraid you're gonna force it if we don't give in so then we might go, okay, I guess I'd rather just do it than have that fear. Well, that it's interesting you say that because that was really the trajectory of our entire friendship. Like he was into me much earlier in the friendship and I was not into him at all. And then like just continue, like it was like four or five years after we first met, probably four that I finally was like, okay, you know, maybe I am feeling this. And then I think just by virtue of that being how the relationship developed, of course, like that behavior replicated itself in our interactions as well. Talk about lessons fucking learned, man. Like I'm not doing, I'm not playing that anymore. I'm going to have to start being more direct. So if somebody is fucking with me and I'm like, I hate this, (laughs) I will tell them. I mean, because it is hard to know, like, how much people are aware. Like you said, it seems like sometimes guys just don't even see it. And I don't want to just totally let them off. But I do wonder if there's some truth to that. Because even though people want men and women or genders to be the same they're truly not they're truly not biologically you're just not and I learned this in reading a human sexuality book where they talked about doing studies on like monkeys like male and female monkeys and they said like the girls would play with dolls and the boys would play with trucks Mm. and it's like it's just a thing yeah. that, you know, we think it's all socialization, but it's like, no, it's also something about how their brains work. Like, you know, my husband said he would like watch ships, like go on the river, like, oh, just fascinated. And I've heard other boys say things like that about trains or planes. And no, it's not like, oh, if only my dad had shown me ships. Right. No, right. <laughs> I'm not there it's uh it's just there are definitely differences it's not like fully this is men and fully this is women yeah but it's all like with the hormones and whatever yeah sure they're like chemical and And, yeah and I heard an interesting thing once from someone who was recently like transitioned to male and was taking like testosterone and they said as soon as they 
started doing that, they got better at math (laughs) and like better at driving. And initially I was like, fuck off. But then thinking about it, I was like, if that's true though, that is kind of interesting that it's just a different way your mind works or whatever. That is very interesting. I wonder how much merit there is to that or how much is like psychosomatic and you're thinking like, yeah, well, that simply doesn't apply to me because I'm a great driver. So. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And my friends will attest. Okay. Comedy podcast. Oh God. Okay. All right. Which one are you killing? Freedom or Doughboys? Freedom. Absolutely. Really not into Freedom. I listen to Freedom. I do think it's a vanity project, <laughs> if there ever was one. And I don't even, I probably listen to Freedom more than I do Doughboys, but like, I truly don't, I, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I already listen, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang. I listen to like Raised by TV. I used to listen to like the Paul F. Tomcast. I've listened to like all of Paul F. Tompkins' podcasts. I haven't listened to his most recent ones. He's great. I love that man. But I also perhaps don't need more. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. For But when I listened to Freedom, I was like, holy shit, this is so good. I think it's like hilarious and awesome and really the best version of Scott because I feel like he shows a lot more vulnerability and insecurity but then he's just fun I think because he knows they'll get it he's not trying to be so snarky like I don't know it's just really hilarious the new rules like bit really gets me (laughs) yeah no it it is that's a yeah that's a tough one I also think like in this scenario, if I kill off Doughboys, I've got so many angry dudes just coming for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I cannot be responsible for that. They'll give you five pitchforks <laughs> and drive you out of town. Yeah. I'm sorry. I do apologize for that. Okay. Which one are you killing? I said no gifts or why won't you date me? I don't know what I said no gifts is, so I have to choose that one. What is that? It is Bridger Winnegar's podcast. He is a writer on David Letterman, I think he was. And I don't know. He's just incredibly funny on Twitter. Uh, And his Instagram is pretty good, too. He always takes pictures of trash and pretends it's like a gorgeous photo. But he's just really, really, really funny. And so I said no gifts is like he has a guest come on and they bring him a gift and he pretends he doesn't want it. And, you know, okay, that's it's just kind of fun. Pretty cute and fun. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. But you, do you listen to Why Won't You Date Me? I do, yeah. Well, it depends on where my uh, mental health and confidence level is because sometimes I like hear Nicole talk and I just like know that it, like I relate so uh <laughs> so much Mm. and I'm like I can't I can't hear like I'm also failing on dating stuff and I can't (laughs) listen to somebody else talk about it too that makes sense I just keep feeling like I want to give her advice but I know that it's like much more complicated than just how she's playing it but I definitely think she puts sexuality first out of insecurity And that's like one of the biggest problems because Mm. you're telling these people what you want to be to them. 
And because she'll talk about having crushes even on, you know, uh, I think it was Dan Lippert that was on. (sighs) Yeah. And she talked about like approaching him at a party and just saying, can I blow you or whatever. And it's like his dick in a bar bathroom. And I'm incredibly (laughs) jealous for the record. (laughs) But it's like, I think what you wanted was for him to like you. But you knew that this was more likely to get a positive response. Yeah. And I totally get that because it's like rejection on your terms. If he says no, you're like, okay, well, I'm just being crazy, you know, versus like, hey, I really like you. And they go, sorry, I'm not feeling it. And then you feel like the worst piece of shit in the world. Because I used to do a similar thing. But I would do it with being mean. So I was really mean to people and I was really like funny. And whenever someone didn't like me, I'm like, they don't get it. Or I guess I was a bitch. But it's not because I'm ugly or they just don't like me. I I heard you talk on this about this on one of the other episodes. And I just have to tell you, like, I relate very strongly I in high school was very much like that like my best friend and I were just like mean because we were and I'm not gonna lie to you like we were the funniest people in the room we absolutely were and a lot of the times people just didn't fucking get it however we also did not have a ton of like grace or couth about the way we did it (laughs) now I have kind of become like I was talking about this with my friends we were having a very deep conversation and I was thinking about the way that like I've kind of I I don't do that anymore but I do kind of like present myself in a way that is not authentic because I know it will be you know less hurtful if somebody doesn't like me for it or it will be you know like I'm always trying to be entertaining in one way or another and then I don't have to like really be my real self which is great but also not um (laughs) but yeah I I I hear what you're saying about about that podcast I will say I listened to that I probably started listening to that podcast because of the Dan Lippert episode because I have a a huge crush on Dan Lippert. <laughs> and he it's very funny because it, it, he's very much my type. Like I love tall, like like Sasquatch looking men with just like beards and like dark hair. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> I cannot tell you I wouldn't proposition Dan Lippert if I came across him in a bar. <laughs> like I know that works or it worked at one point. I might do it. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I'm just going to suggest if you think that your personalities could mesh, like from listening to him talk, if it's not just the looks, if you meet him, ask him to make out instead of blowing him, because then you can like pause between breaths and talk. Whereas like a blowjob is just going to be like eternally awkward. He's probably going to feel kind of ashamed. Oh yeah, you're right. Of giving into that. You know, you don't want that in your relationship. It's, an, it's going nowhere. I, it's a dead end. Yeah, I'm also like not really dying to blow anyone in a bar bathroom. You're Yeah, you're totally right. right. In this dream world that I live in where potentially I could, I will tell you, I have a friend who I don't even know if he's still doing improv, but he was doing improv for a while and he like made connections with some of our some of our faves and like 
like knows Carl Tart or whatever. And I was just like, stupid, whatever, who cares? But I'm kind of like, okay, now, (laughs) uh, I don't know. Like if we, if you see if the, well, Del Close marathon, I don't know. That's not happening anymore. But like, I dream of this world where like I'm I'm in New York for the Del Close marathon and Dan and I run into each other in the middle of the street and despite him being in the middle of a very chaotic comedy festival he takes a fancy to me and we hit it off and become a young Jewish couple that's my goal. Yeah, that feels like a vision to me of the future. Yeah, and I very much like am attracted to him in like more than just I think he's hot kind of way. Cuz he's hot but like also right. We, you know. <laughs> right. You're not you're fantasizing about Dan Lipper not fucking Ryan Gosling or right, something. Right. So... <laughs> Which is so sad. <laughs> No, but I do think there's something about like liking the local band instead of, you know, Aerosmith. I can't think of a timely band, but you know, someone that you're like, maybe they would sleep with me or something. We don't know. Right. So I think that's what happens sometimes with improvisers. You're like, they could, this could happen. Yes. This could happen. Absolutely. So I believe in this for you. I do. I do think this could happen for you. Thank you. I'm really, I'll try. When we go after COVID, I will make an attempt. Good. I love it. You know what I think is interesting is when you do have a crush on someone from these shows, but then you hear them on another podcast and you go, it'll never work. Oh, you know, yeah. based on something new you learn about them. I used to have a big crush on Joe Wangert. And then I heard him talk about how he obsessively collects music. Like he buys three new CDs every month and he keeps them all. And his whole wall is covered with CDs. Ew. And this is a whole, I was like, oh no, we're not the same kind <laughs> of people. You're just, you're very funny. And the, but this will never work. Joe, please stop. Joe. You gotta relax, buddy. <laughs> you gotta relax. Yeah, that's true. That's... And now he's married, so it works. Yeah, out. Oh well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there you go. And I guess I'm married. Yeah, I was too, gonna say that wasn't gonna stop me. <laughs> well, hey, you know if that's the real like. I don't know if you saw, but Brad Pitt is dating some like 27 year old now who is like married to this old dude and they have an open relationship. And I saw a lot of jokes on Twitter that were basically like, imagine you're like celebrity hall pass, your your wife's celebrity hall pass is Brad Pitt. And you're like, oh yeah, sure, sure. And then she starts dating Brad Pitt. It's not, you know, it's not allowed. Come on. My celebrity hall pass is the cashier at Safeway down the street. See, that's what we're trying. Exactly. That's the smart way to do this. Right? Yes. We've been sleeping together for three years. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a literal hall pass from like the local high school and you only have another year left to use it because they revoke it after four. But you get a diploma afterwards, so there's that. <laughs> nice. Okay, we'll get you we'll get you Dan Lippert though. We'll figure this out. We really will. I'm actually very good at like reeling people in. If you seriously want me to help you flirt with him online, 
Ooh, I'm good at it. I do want you to help me do that. I will help you. Okay. I really will. Okay, we – I'm not kidding. I'm going to – we're going to conspire about this because I'm ready okay. to go. Okay. And we can play this audio at our wedding. Oh, my God. Romantic. And I won't be invited, obviously, because you'll have to distance yourself from me and be like, babe, I was joking. She's the one who <laughs> – she was crazy, but don't – Sweetie, this is real. Our love is real. But I, those were my words. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I gotta imagine. Now, that's that charade would be much more intense, though, than than I could pull off. Like, I have to imagine that anybody that's going to be with me long term is going to figure out pretty quickly that I have attachment issues in a weird way. Okay. See, but that might be a turn on for them. We that's don't know. Like, some- fingers crossed. Are you extra clingy? Is that the deal? Um, no, I don't think I'm clingy. Well, who would say that they think they're clingy? So you know how I said Dan is my type? So <laughs> older men, and I'm saying older because he technically is like, I guess like, I don't know how old he is, but he is older than me. But men like over 30, I'm like, <laughs> daddy, you know. <laughs> who are like tall and smart and like have deep voices i like turn into this isn't this is this is not going to win me any favors on his part but like <laughs> i definitely like love being with that type of man because i get to be like this you know kind of like ushy gushy like cutesy sweetie pie <laughs> And I get, I'm very affectionate, you know, and, um. Wait, why only with those guys? What do you mean? Because (laughs) I, (laughs) this is so strange. I have found myself in certain situations where like, uh, uh, I'm how, I don't even know how to explain. I think (laughs) that I have an unhealthy approach to relationships (laughs) and That is because I have a very difficult time trying to separate seeking approval from like building a meaningful relationship. And unfortunately, in the past, when I have been able to get over those hurdles and really like see things clearly and try to be in the relationship in like a low key but still committed way or you know I can I can check it I check in with myself a lot and so I know when I am in a good like in a good headspace or approaching things from the right perspective versus like coming at it from the wrong perspective and so sometimes I date people and I'm like I don't really like you that much and so I'm going to keep you at arm's length and then they you know we develop a dynamic that's very unhealthy where they like cling to me and then I'm like get away and then unfortunately like in the relation like the main relationship I'm thinking of that was most recent like I was approaching it from a healthy place and I was totally like nailing it with how I was handling things and then he like fucked it all up and so now I'm just like well I fuck that like I'm never trying again who needs a healthy relationship it just it was very disheartening and discouraging to like see that happen because I'm like man like I I like gave you some like good shit like I gave you some good times 
and was really kind to you and patient and you took that all and you said fuck you (laughs) don't they i mean they generally do though don't they i mean this yes but you know i am i'm still holding out hope for the one the one that will love me without hesitation the one that will that will accept me for being a little aggressive on social media from across the country. The one that will, I don't know, pick me up and carry me on his back because he's a foot and a half taller than me. These are the things that I'm still open to. You you deserve to have those things. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll do one more pairing. Okay. Mental Illness Happy Hour or Judge John Hodgman? I've only listened to a couple episodes of Judge 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 John Hodgman. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think I've listened to any of Mental Illness Happy Hour, though I do know what it is. That's a tough one. So I'm going to say I'm going to kill Judge John Hodgman because it's hard to say. He does deserve to go just for I that. think so. Also, is he really a judge? Right. Please. Come on. Get over it. Really? Come on. Like, we're supposed to buy that? Okay. Yeah, right. It's false advertising. And not to mention, it illegal. <laughs> right. Yes. Why hasn't anyone arrested him yet? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've emailed him a bunch of questions about court stuff going on with some of my clients, and I still haven't heard back. It's completely unprofessional. That's, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's unbelievable. All right. So the last thing I'm going to ask you is if you have anything to recommend. Is there anything that you really think people should watch or listen to or do or get into? I'll tell you right now, I've been watching Deadwood and I'm watching it for the first time. And goddamn, that show is good. But I'm also like a big HBO stan, so I'll pretty much watch anything they make. See, now, usually me too, but you know what? I did try to watch Deadwood and I watched like... Four or five episodes and it was terrible. It took me a while to get into it. I'm not. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, this is not well written. Because all that I've heard about the show is that it's like brilliant. And from people who are smart, Sean Conroy, okay, from podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so I was very surprised that it was like very cheesy and not well written. And the main guy who's supposed to be scary was not scary (laughs) to me. But maybe over time, it gets better. <laughs> I don't think he's – yeah. Well, this is this is what I believe about most media is, like, the way that we receive or, like, consume media is m- more than we care to admit influenced by how we're introduced to it. And so, like, mm-hmm. I was introduced to Deadwood because – two of my friends separately who I really respect and who I share a lot of like media, you know, we'll talk about TV shows and stuff have said, I fucking love this show. And so then I'm like, okay, well I have to give it a chance. So then I'm watching it. I'm like, yeah, first half of the first season, I'm not like 
in love with it, but I'm going to keep watching because I feel like it. And I will say like I'm on the th- – I think it gets better and better and better. And by the th- – and it's also a short-ish show. There's only three seasons. And so by – like I can – I know that I'm not going to be in it forever. Like if someone were to recommend a show as long as Game of Thrones is, I would be like, fuck off. I'm not doing it. But I knew I was like, well, eventually this has got to get good. Otherwise, I'm going to bully my friends. But – I, I think it gets good. I think it helps if you have – like I, I like to talk about stuff while I'm watching it with people. So I've been watching – like texting my friends about it and I think that's fun. That's the best. I'm trying to think of anything else. Recommendations. I'll tell you. Here's my recommendation. I've been reading a lot of Chekhov plays. So really highly recommend the the major plays by Anton Chekhov, uh, Ivanov. I'm reading that right now. I read Uncle Vanya, which was a mess. So if you're looking for something that basically says, here's a story with some characters who are all pretty angsty, but like generally not for any good reason and then nothing happens that's what I would suggest actually the funny thing is that I genuinely do enjoy them but I love like I love Russian literature so I'm very like I I genuinely enjoy that style of writing where it's kind of like the point is subtle the point is really is there a point the point is kind of just that life is dull i'm into that these are terrible recommendations i'm so sorry i hope no one takes me up on them (laughs) i have a request i need you to recommend one more thing and that is our sponsor kohl's well and i didn't yeah i (laughs) i wasn't sure whether or not this was plugs officially but yeah i would like to to officially recommend slash plug the kohl's corporation Again, I'm, you know, Kohl's Cash. They're just, the Kohl's Cash is literally coming out of the the vents and the ceilings over there. You got to get over there and you got to try some of this Kohl's merchandise. It's a higher value than the American dollar, from my understanding, one Kohl's dollar. I can tell you right now that that is 100% accurate. And if you ever need to get a pair of very cheap glittery tennis shoes, a pair of wide leg palazzo pants for business women, and a cheap coffee maker, there is no better place to go. It's a one-stop shop. Get yourself down to the Kohl's. And to clarify, the quality is cheap. The price is not necessarily cheap no certainly not when i say cheap i do mean the materials and the way that the wares were constructed they will be overpriced but don't forget that once you hit that register with your kohl's cash you're gonna just your mind is gonna be blown i mean we are talking a pair of shoes that started at 55 dollars is now down to 24 okay and they're only worth 10 but you know what a deal's a deal that's right that's right folks don't ask questions about where these things were made or who made them and just completely ethical completely ethical so there are currently six Kohl's locations still open in the continental united 
United States. Go online to Kohl's.com to find those locations and visit your closest store. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. That was fantastic. Thank you. Can I can I very quickly because I promised my co-hosts I would do this? Can I very quickly plug my pot, my other pot? No. You cannot. Gabagool and Roses. It's the only leftist Sopranos podcast, which is something you definitely needed. Officially sponsored by Kohl's. Valerie, we would love to have you on as a guest. Hello. I'd love to be on. Have you seen The Sopranos? Yes. Oh, you have? Okay, great. It's been a long time, though. But you guys talk about it like as a series. You don't like go episode to episode. We're going episode by episode, and it is grueling. (laughs) Have you finished the series though and you're rewatching or I'm watching for the first time and we're on the second season. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Just tell me which episode to watch okay. and I will do it. I will Just reach out to me. You get me on the podcast. I'll get you Dan Lippert. That's our deal. I love it. This is a this is a modern gentlewoman's deal. <laughs> yes, it is. This is what my ancestors hoped for me when they came over here. I think my ancestors hoped I would have more money, I would guess. But this this they would also be happy about, I yeah. think. Well that go I mean the money thing goes without saying. They didn't know they were setting us up for a shit fuck economy they couldn't have predicted the the 2008 crash that's not their fault do you love basketball but you're sick of basketball podcasts that sound like this basketball guy made slam dunk incredible shot yes chuck very good shot without any mention of the players butts or any acknowledgement of whether or not they're cuties have i got the perfect podcast for you Dunktown. Dunktown is hosted by friends and co-workers Agata and Anastasia. Each episode, they talk with a famous sports person, comedy person, or bug scientist about important sports news like George Hill's pregame potty ritual, Life is a Ball Girl, Michael Jordan's beret, and they try to identify who could most accurately be described as the Willem Dafoe of the NBA. If this sounds like a slam dunk to you, check out Dunktown, now on Patreon.